Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. I want to direct your attention today to the word of the Lord, to the book of Joshua, chapter number 5. The book of Joshua, chapter number 5, and uh, verse number 6. Joshua 5 and 6. The children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people that were men of war which came out of Egypt were consumed because they obeyed not the voice of the Lord unto whom the Lord swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord swore unto their fathers that he would give us a land that floweth with milk and honey and their children whom he raised up in their stead them Joshua circumcised for they were uncircumcised because they had not circumcised them by the way. And it came to pass when they had done circumcising all the people that they abode in their places in the camp till they were whole. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you, Wherefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal until this day. And the children of Israel encamped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month, even in the plains of Jericho. And they did eat of the old corn of the land on the morrow after Passover, unleavened cakes and parched corn in the selfsame day. And the manna ceased on the morning after they had eaten of the old corn of the land. Neither had the children of Israel manna any more. But they did eat of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. I just want to talk to you today about the shift. The shift. Getting ready for the next move of God. The shift. Getting ready for the next move of God. Heavenly Father, we love you today. What an honor it is, Lord, to serve you. What an honor it is to be in your presence today. Lord, we are humbled, dear God, by your grace and your power and your anointing. We are so thankful, Lord, today for this church, for these people. Where we are and what you're doing in this moment, we give you praise for it all in Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. I have been saying for some weeks now that I have felt a shift in my spirit and seeing some things that are happening and are about to happen here at MPC. And I am so thankful for what I feel is here and is coming and I believe the Lord is shaping us, transforming us into a people that are ready for a dynamic move of God. The fact of the matter, in a church of any length of time that has been in existence for any length of time, they go through change. 
Everybody goes through change. If you don't believe this, go look in the mirror. You've changed. We've changed. Change is a part of life. Transitions happen. Life is full of seasons of change. Times of transition are very important because a transition will either trample you or transform you when it comes to a move of God. A move of God is something that is so important that I believe God has ebbs and flows that he moves within generations. I believe he comes in and goes out and comes in and goes out in, in, in that dynamic move. Call it revival. Call it a, a move of God. We weren't going to call it a shift, a, a transformation, transition. Amen. Peter wrote and said that you need to glorify God in the day of your visitation. Glorify God in the day of your visitation. Something that was uh, uh, brought to my attention just recently is that the Pharisees were the most spiritual people in Israel, in Jerusalem, when Jesus showed up. They knew the Bible more than anybody else. They lived holy more than anybody else. They prayed more than anybody else. But they missed their day of visitation. I don't want to get so stuck in my feeling of, of contentment or feeling of that I've arrived, that I miss a moment, a shift moment, if you please, that I miss a day of visitation. Because I believe God wants to visit his people. I believe God wants to pour out revival on his people. I believe that the Lord wants to move in MPC in a dynamic way. But perhaps the most dangerous time is in the moment of shift. The most dangerous time in a relay is in that moment of transfer, that they transfer the baton from one to the other. But I want to remind you what Paul said in Romans 13 and 11, and that knowing the time. And that knowing the time, and that knowing the season, and that knowing the hour, that it is high time to wake out of sleep for our salvation is nearer than when we believed. I believe we need to be sensitive to the move of the Lord. When we saw, the, when we think about the beginning of MPC, we think about this church. In 1914, they had no idea what they were about to launch. They had no, our forefathers had no idea what kind of a, of a dynamic was going to happen out of the revival and the revelation of 1914. Yet somebody was willing to say, I'm going to seize my shift moment. I'm going to seize my moment of revival. I want to take the opportunity to say, I'll change if I have to, to get what I I need from God. I'll shift into what I need to shift to, to get a move from God. Where would we be today? Where would this church be today? Where would this group of people, this generationally based church that has 
uh, folks from babies to to uh, grandpas and great grandpas and grandmas. Uh, where would we be today if there wasn't a group of people in 1914 that says uh, God's about to do something and I want to be a part of it? Uh, where would we be today if if revivals that have happened generationally throughout uh, the time of MPC? Where would we be today if if there hadn't been somebody to say I sense a move of the Lord? I sense that God is about to do something. So I need to make the changes. I need to shift and make changes to go to that direction and be ready for it. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 3 and 9, for we are labors together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. According to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. Since the beginning of this great church in the book of Acts, there has always been layer upon layer, movement upon movement. It has looked different in different times. It has come in different ways. It has come in different waves, if you please. Amen. The most important thing is that I want to be sensitive. God, what are you doing in this generation? How are you moving today? It may not look like 1914. It may not look like 1970. It may not look like 1980s. Amen. It may not look like 1950s or it may not look like something that happened in the past. But oh God, let me be aware of the thing that is happening in this moment. Israel was in the mode of shift. God was taking them from wandering in the wilderness to entering into the promised land. The fact of the matter is that some things had to die before some people had to die before they can go into their promised land. And I've said this before, but let me say it again. How would you like to be the last old codger hanging on by a thread? And everybody's saying, why don't you just die so we can go into the promised land? You're the last one. Why don't you just go kick the bucket, get you out of the way, so we can go ahead and have our revival. There are some things that have got to die in our life that hang on by a thread. They're just really holding on. It's a last bit of resistance. Amen. But if we'll just let it die because it's not obedient to God, it's not obedient to the move of God, it's not obedient to the way of God, let's let it die so we can kick it into the next and go into the place that God has for us. They stood at the crossing of the Jordan River. An encounter with the glory of the Lord and the ark of the Lord as they passed through the Jordan River and passed by the ark of God. Amen. God was solidifying Israel as the people of the true and living God. Fear and distress fell upon the hearts of the Canaanites when they heard that the Israelites were headed their way. They made their way triumphantly. They were victorious, entering into the promised land with with a parade, if you please, with pomp and splendor. They're entering in. Everybody knew about the river. Everybody knew about the crossing. Everybody heard about them. They were fearful. That's why Jericho got all shut up, tightly sealed up, because they were afraid of Israel. 
it would seem that the Lord would have called Israel to attack Jericho in that moment. Surely it would have been wise to say, press on in the battle. You have momentum. It is time to get the enemy while they are dazed and confused. Amen. Press on into victory, Israel. God's going to support you. The enemy is afraid. Let's go after it. Let's make it happen. But instead, God said, wait a second. Let me pull you into a place of shifting. Let me pull you in a place of transitioning because some old things died but there's some old things that were dead that need to come to life. Before Israel could achieve their destiny they entered into a place of transition before they entered into their place of promise. They stopped in a town by the name of Gilgal Gilgal is an interesting word. It means the rolling place or the place of change, the place of transition, the place of rolling away. Amen. Gilgal has had its moments. It was beside the oaks of Mora near Gilgal where Abraham built his first altar transition shift if you please it is here that the 12 memorial stones were were taken from the bed of the Jordan and set up to signify a transition a transition it is also here that the tabernacle remained until it was moved to Shiloh it was a moment of shift it was in between that that, that transition moment Gilgal was the command post for the military campaigns of Israel as they launched into the promised land. Amen. It took care of the southern region enemies in the promised land. It was also the place where Joshua would later in Joshua 10 divide the inheritance of the Israelites. It's a place of rolling, of shifting, of transitioning. Amen. It's the same place that Elijah and Elisha passed over the Jordan River where he smote the waters. Elijah did and the waters departed and Elijah and Elisha passed over on dry ground. What is Gilgal? It's a place of shifting. It is a place of transition. It is a place that you take Joshua and the desert babies and you lead them into the promised land. It's a place where a new generation that is eager and excited and ready for their future that are standing after the Jordan River and God is saying you are not quite ready yet but you are in a shifting moment. You are in a transition. You are in a Gilgal moment where some old things had to die and some old things have to come to life. I find it very peculiar, very strange that for all the years of wandering in the wilderness, They never circumcised their baby boys. And so he waits until they get to Gilgal and to all these young 20-somethings. We're going to reinstitute some cutting away. Circumcision always speaks about the cutting of the flesh and the cutting away the flesh. 
you cannot name, I cannot name one revival that didn't happen without circumcision. That didn't happen without a group of people saying, I'm cutting away the flesh. I'm going to quit watching that. I'm putting up with that. I'm taking that away. I'm backing away from this. I'm going to cut the flesh. I'm going to deal with the flesh because I can't go in my shift and hold on to Egypt at the same time. If you read that, it says that this place, Gilgal, is where they cut off Egypt. Egypt had to be separated and severed so they can... uh, uh, go into their promise, go into their place. Amen. I want to tell MPC, I wish everybody was here today, but let me tell you that are here and maybe those that are watching online, we are in a shift moment, but to go to the next gear, to go to the next place in God, we've got to be willing to cut off the flesh. we got to let some things die. Bitterness has got to die. Anger has got to die. Unforgiveness has got to be cut away. Amen. Pride has got to be cut away. Jealousy has got to be cut away. The flesh has got to be dealt with. But also, circumcision reconnected them to their heritage. MPC, we've got a lot of young folks. We've got a lot of young people that love the Lord and They're in their class this morning, but I want to remind every one of us, I want to remind every one of us is that we will go no further than our understanding of connection with what happened yesterday. And, and, and respecting that and honoring that and saying, I want that same kind. They got it by their cutting away. They got it by their circumcision. They got it by their desire to put some things aside, have prayer meetings on their own, seeking God in cornfields until the Holy Ghost come. Amen. I remember the Dale telling about, uh, I, I believe it was his grandpa, that the Holy Ghost came upon him and shone upon him so bright that he could not even hold his head up. Amen. How did that happen? Circumcision at their Gilgal. Amen. How's that going to happen for us? It will happen for us when we stop. Amen. Put some things into place. At Gilgal. You see, circumcision is connected to promise. It is the covenant of promise. Before God could ever speak to Joshua about Jericho, every man that was going to fight had to be circumcised. God had to show up and tell him, circumcise them again. Oh, I thought you'd tell me how to go destroy Jericho, knock down those walls. No, circumcise them. Genesis chapter 17 says in verse 13, He that is born in thy house, speaking to Abraham, he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised, and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. And the uncircumcised man-child whose flesh is of the foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant How for all these years, Bishop, did they break the covenant? How? How did somebody not realize we'll never enter the promised land as long as there's no cutting the flesh? How? How come somebody's got to 
dawn on them that this, if we're going to have revival, there's got to be some cutting of the flesh. There's got to be some laying down and sacrifice. Amen. Victory comes to Israel at the rolling place, the place of shifting. When they realize flesh going to die, I'm going to kill the flesh some way, somehow. Hallelujah, for the Lord said unto Joshua, this day I have I rolled away the reproach of Egypt from off you. Hallelujah, spiritual circumcision is the purifying and the cutting of the heart that says, oh God, I want you to flow through me. I want you to be in me. But if I have unholiness in my life, oh God, would you cut it away? Let there be a cutting away of it. Let there be a cutting away of it. Let me shut it down. Lord, if I I am duplicitous, cut it away. Lord, if I am not a person of honor, cut it away. Paul said in Philippians 3 and 3, for we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ and having no confidence in the flesh. Circumcision reminds you it's not your power that saves you. It's not your flesh that saves you. Amen. You ready to embrace your promised land? You ready to embrace the revival that is before us? Maybe you're content to wander in the wilderness. I'm not. Maybe you're content to just simply go by the motions. I'm not. Amen. But oh God, let me find that moment of consecration and that I can embrace and I can go after my victory, after my revival, after my move of God. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Then he said, I want you to also renew Passover. Passover. If circumcision is a cutting of the flesh, Passover is a renewing of relationship with God. Cut the flesh, renew a relationship with God. It appears by what I've been able to study, and I, I may have missed something, but it appears that there have been only to this point Two celebrations of Passover, once in Egypt and once at Mount Sinai. So evidently they laid aside circumcision and they laid aside the annual memorial of Passover. In the New Testament, Passover speaks of feeding on Christ the Lamb. It is communion with him. Before I have Passover, I've got to have circumcision. Before I can have communion with him in a special way and eat his life, eat his bread, eat of him, amen, I've got to deal with the flesh and put the flesh in its place. Amen, I believe today that God is wanting more communion with us than we ever could imagine. I believe that Jesus wants to be with you and walk with you and talk to you and be with you in such a peaceful, powerful way that every day it's me and Jesus walking together. I want that. I've got to have that. But to have that, I must have circumcision. So after circumcision, after the reinstitution of Passover, it is that point that the angel of the Lord shows up to Joshua. The captain of the host shows up. 
while they were praying, while they were consecrating, while they're cutting flesh, while they're communing and having Passover, while they're watching and alert, while they're fasting. Amen. Let me talk about it in, in modern vernacular. While the church is alert, while the church is planning, while the church is, is, is waiting, and while the church is worshiping, and while the church is preaching, and while the church is witnessing, amen, while the church is being the church. God's got a battle plan waiting for us. A revelation, if you please, a vision to come in and say, without me you can do nothing. You've got circumcision and you've got relationship. Now I'm going to give you the plan. I'm going to give you the plan. I'm going to tell you how to do it. If we're going to have revival, we need these elements at MPC. Oh, we don't just need a plan. We need a cutting of the flesh and we need a relationship with our Passover but we've got to have a plan God give us a plan that moment of shift that moment of saying if you can use anything Lord would you use me I don't have to have a title I don't have to have a position. But if you use anything, Lord, would you use me? Soldiers that had never really fought before. Young men that were of the age of war that needed to be cut loose of the flesh. Relationship with Jesus Christ. But they were chomping on their bits, ready to go to battle. They wanted their promised land. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want remove of God in your family? How bad do you want to see? Well, let me just tell you this. From what we heard at camp this week, I want to tell you that God wants it a hundred times more. Whatever you want, God wants it a hundred times more. You want to see your people saved? God wants it even greater. You want to see deliverance? God wants it even greater. I believe that God is wanting me as a pastor of this church to be acutely aware of what is ahead. Acutely aware. And things that I see in the spirit I want to see come to pass. Hallelujah. We are in a shift. You can yawn if you want to. You could say, oh, just rhetoric if you want to. But there's going to be some people in this building that said, I'm going after it. It don't matter if I've got to face circumcision. It doesn't matter if I've got to renew my commitment with the Lord. I'll push away the plate for a while. I don't have to have a call prayer meeting. I'm going to go find my place with God, and I'm going to talk to the Lord because I want this. I want this generation. Hear me, elders. You want this. You want this for your kids and your grandkids. We want this for I want I want my my ruby and my sila amen to get what they need from God I want them to see the revival that's for this generation so that should the Lord tarry and they grow up and they're still sitting on these pews that they begin to say we've got to have it for our generation we've got to have it for this hour we've got to have it for today amen I'm going to reflect on yesterday we're coming around a hundred
105 years. 105 years of great heritage. And I thank God for every one of them. But what about this day? What are they going to say at the 120th anniversary of MPC? Should God tarry? The Lord was telling Israel, your flesh can't rule you when you go into the promised land. Because you're going to do crazy things like march around walls to get the victory. That's the way you're going to win. What? We want to fight. We want to fight. We want to do it our way. No, just march around it. Every day, once for six days, and on seven days, you're going to march around it. Seven times, and then you're gonna be quiet while you're doing that. I preached a message years ago shut up and march because God's about to do something. But had they not cut out their flesh, had they not had Passover, had they not had a plan, they would have went in headstrong and missed out on God. But on that seventh time, on the seventh day, when the ram's horn blew and they began to shout, God stepped in and did what they could not do. Some of you are praying for prayers and you want God to do things. Well, let me just tell you what, only God can do it, not us as not us us we can only do what we can do we can only do what is in our power to do and that circumcision pass over and wait for a plan but if we'll obey God and do that then he'll do what I can't do he'll push down walls that I can't conquer he'll take care of things that I can't take care of in the name of Jesus I feel this in the spirit today amen it's not just rhetoric it's not just talk oh, I know that every time How many times did they march around a city? How many cities? Let me rephrase my question. How many cities did they march around? One. How many cities did they conquer? A bunch of them. Here's what happens a lot of times. We had revival like this. This is the way we had revival. We marched around it. We marched around it, and that's the way we had revival. Well, we go to the next city. We're going to try that same thing. And God said, wait, that was over. This is a new wave. How are you going to handle it? Don't be afraid of new methods. Don't be afraid of new ways. Let it come from God. Absolutely not our flesh, but let it come from God. And the way God did it in 1914, he may do it different or he may do it the same, but it's his business. It's our business to pray. It's our business to get ready. It's our business to find a plan. Lord, you move however you want to. Don't put God in a box. Because just as soon as we put him in a box, he steps out of it. He healed at least three blind men, Jesus did, in the New Testament, three different ways. Three different ways. One, he spit on the ground and made mud and stuck in his eye. Another, he just spit in his eye. Another, he just said, go talk to him. We're so prone to make it, this is the way it's got to be. Lord, whatever this shift is, whatever you're doing, we want to follow you. We want to follow you. 
because it might be the difference between my grandchild and your grandchild being saved or lost. Stand with me, please. Shift. Got to be ready for the next move of God. For those of you football fans, you may have recollection of a quarterback for the Oakland Raiders years ago by the name of Kenny Stabler. Kenny Stabler was a pretty dynamic quarterback. And uh, he was known for his, his attitude and his ability. And they, 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 they called him Kenny the Snake Stabler because of his quick moves and all that kind of stuff. But it, it is reported that on his car, some sports car that he bought, he had a sign on the glove box, get in, sit down, buckle up, shut up, and hold on. Get in, sit down, buckle up. What he was saying is that you better get ready. I'm about to hit the pedal to the metal, and this thing's going to fly. And if you're not ready, your head's going to get bobbed around like a bob dial. Amen. I, I kind of feel that today. Amen. Let's get ready. Buckle up. Ooh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Who may be who, who may know that it is your grandson come walking in that door? Amen. Uh, ready to fall into an altar of repentance and cry out to God or, or turn to the Lord right where he's at. It might be your granddaughter. It might be your son or your daughter or your, your relative or your family member that God is calling to for this generation's revival. I don't know, but I want, it, I want it all. So I'm going to hold on. I'm going to buckle up. I'm going to get ready. Lord, move. Lord, move. Are you hungry for a move of God? Are you hungry for a move of God here at MPC? Step out, come to the front, and let us begin to seek the Lord. Hallelujah! Do you have some flesh that need to be cut off today? Why don't you come and do it? You need some spirits cut off of you, some attitudes cut off from you. Why don't you do it? Hallelujah! New commitments made. Why don't you do it? Hallelujah, right now. Oh, a new commitment to your prayer life and communion with the Lord. A new commitment to walking with the Lord and the power of His Spirit. Glory be to God. You are important to the revival. You are important in this shift. You are important in this change. You are important. Hallelujah, would you seek Him today? Lord, use me. Lord, use me. Lord, use me. Lord, use me. Hallelujah.
Lord, I bless your name today. Lord, I bless your name today. Lord, I give you glory and I give you praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You are worthy, Lord. You are worthy, Lord, today. God, for revival. Lord, for revival of backsliders, oh God. We want to see a breaking down of resistance, breaking down of strongholds, oh God. Hallelujah, Lord, if you can knock Jericho's walls down. Father, you can walk, knock down their walls of resistance, every prodigal's walls of resistance, Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord. so good to us Lord today hallelujah I want it Lord I want it I want it I want it this hour want it in our church want it God I want it God hallelujah I want it I want it God we are expecting signs wonders and miracles Lord today hallelujah hallelujah today glory to your name Glory to your name. Glory to your name. I believe that you're able. I believe that you're able. I believe in spite of hindrance. I believe in spite of opposition. God, that you're still God. That you're still moving. That you're still working. I believe that you're still the Savior. You still are, Lord, the one that changes lives. I believe that you're able, God. I believe, Jesus, glory to your name, glory to your name. Preachers that are in the house to come with me. Praise God. The assignment that this couple has taken on is one of great, great weight. They need, first of all, a Holy Ghost infusion today. Give them strength. Paul said, I've learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. And that's when he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God never intended for you to be Superman or Superwoman. I want to ask something today of this church. I want us to fast and pray this next week for Jordan. 
Jordan needs to be healed and set free. He needs to be healed and set free. And God wants to give them wisdom how to deal with it. Who'll fast Monday? All right? Tuesday. Wednesday. Thursday. Friday. Friday. All right? And Saturday. Who'll fast Saturday? Somebody fast Saturday? All right. Somebody's fasting every day for this one particular thing. One particular thing. And praying every day. Lord, you said that you give us authority over things that come out by prayer and fasting. So when you fast, pray. When you fast, pray. We're going to believe for an answer. We're going to believe for deliverance. Amen. I must admit, I prayed. I've asked God. I said, is this a spirit or is this an ailment? Either way. Either way. He can be healed or delivered. Doesn't matter to y'all, does it? Either way. So, in the name of Jesus, we're going to pray this. And so this week, MPC, we're going to fasting and prayer for this one person. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Bishop, lay your hands on them right here. In the name of Jesus. We take authority in the name of the Lord. Wisdom to know what to say, to know what to do. God, break the barrier. Destroy the yoke. In the name of Jesus. want to do it, Lord. However you want to do it, Lord. In the name of Jesus. dad used to tell a story about a little girl that had polio and said her legs were just about the size of broomsticks and uh, she had, was confined to a wheelchair. They brought her to a meeting where they were praying for the sick and they prayed for this girl and prayed for this girl and nothing happened. the Lord moved upon a man to give a word of prophecy and said that the Lord had marked it and in his time he'd raise her up. Some days later she was in her classroom and broke down and started crying.
took her wheelchair, ran it into a little clothes closet. Teacher went in, said, everything's okay? Yeah, everything's okay. She went back and in a matter of moments, this polio-bound, wheelchair-bound girl stood up and started walking around that class. Nobody's praying over her. There's no big songs. There's no... And, and what it was is that the Lord wanted a missionary. The Lord wanted a missionary and took her into her classroom. Amen. What God does and how God does it, let's not put him in a box. How he does it, do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. Hallelujah. You believe that? Do it, Lord. Do it, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Saturday.